Welcome to the Mind to Muscle podcast, where we focus on exercising our minds and our muscles. I'm your host and sweaty mama, Jennifer Loganville, and my goal is to empower you to live each and every day stronger than yesterday. Being the strongest in the room isn't only about your physical fitness, but your confidence and mindset. Here, I'm your biggest cheerleader as we learn how important it is to put your mind to muscle even before picking up the weight. Otherwise, what are you doing? Grab your water and get set up. We're starting in three, two, one, let's go. Welcome back to the Mind to Muscle podcast, everyone. Thanks for listening today. We have a very special guest, probably my favorite so far. Welcome, Johnny. Hello, everyone. We have had a lot of requests to get Johnny on the podcast and hear from him on some questions. And so we're going to jump straight in today. We have a lot of questions from members, so I'm going to read them at first. And first and foremost, they want to know, how did you and Johnny meet and what's your love story? So I have, I think a lot of people have expectations for this beautiful, romantic, sweet love story, and it's actually totally real life and kind of funny. We'll make it as quickly and tell as fast as we can. You go first, Johnny. All right. So I just moved to Sedalia, and my roommate at the time had been dating one of Jen's friends from high school. So, you know, me Facebook creeping on my roommate's friend, I saw Jen in one of her photos. Mm -hmm. So I asked her to possibly set up a date for us. And she immediately said, no, Jen, Jen Futcher, she wouldn't be interested in you. And I took that as a challenge. And I said, yeah, I I think I can have a date with this girl. (laughs) And so truth be told, I started messaging Jen and I was getting shot down left and right. She immediately hit me with, no, I'm not looking to be in a relationship. And it took like a month, maybe a month and a half before. Of just talking. Of just talking. He was persistent and talking. And I was like, no, I'm just not in a good place right now. Like, I don't want to be in a relationship. And he just talked to me. I was like, okay, that's cool. And yeah, me either. (laughs) Yeah, he would totally relate to anything I'd say. It was so funny. It was so cute. I'll go back. I even saved our messages. Like, I'll go back and read them. And he was being kind of cheesy. Kind of pretty corny. Totally ball in my court, though. He, but he was persistent. And so finally, I was like, okay, he is not going away. Checks out. Like, he looks pretty cool. I did a lot of investigating. I like. He's like, I can find anything on anyone on social media. And so I did a lot of digging and kind of learned who he was without even asking questions. And then I'd ask him questions to see if they matched. And he it, he totally checked out. So I was like, all right, fine. My friends started texting me. I was like, this. so my roommate or my boyfriend's roommate really wants to go on a date with you. And I was like, sure, let's do this. And so I made it really inconvenient. It was really like eight. Eight o'clock at night when we started the date. It was after I got off and I was going to nursing school. I lived with my parents. So she picked me up. We went to their apartment and outside of the apartment, I see a 1992 Ford Festiva, all red, rusted with a blue door, zebra, hot pink zebra seats and a steering wheel cover with dice in the front. I was like, really? That's cool. Um, <laughs> and he had a Lincoln LS with some big old rims and then we walk inside and I see a street bike. And I was like, in your kitchen? So I walk in. His roommate was being kind of 
weird. And he was like peeking around the corner and I hear him like yell to Johnny, she's prettier in person. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so embarrassed. This is going to be so weird. Thought I was being catfished. I'm not going to lie. I was like, this is not safe. I actually had my best friend from elementary school like know my whereabouts, every move I was making so that way she could come get me if I needed out. And so we, he, Johnny walks around the corner. He, he sticks his hand out to shake my hand. I was like, hey, I'm Jen. And he and goes. And I go ahead and say, hi, I'm Jonathan. My voice like cracked and went super high pitched because I was so nervous. Yeah. And I immediately turn around. Didn't even shake my Red hand. in the face. Didn't really even shake her hand. Turned around and went back to my room to get something, basically to try to recoup myself. Yeah. And then I played it off and introduced myself again. And so then we get ready for the date. We're like, let's go eat at Applebee's. I think and we're getting in this festi or in the Lincoln LS and he hands me a helmet. And I was like, I'm not riding that street bike. Uh, my dad will kill me. My dad had rules around like no motorcycles, no vans for these guys we date. And I respected that because, yes, I was of age to make my own choices, but I lived in their house while I was going to nursing school. So I respected it. And I was just like, no, my dad had a really bad motorcycle wreck and I just had this trauma around it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to um, get on this bike. And he's like, I promise I've been riding two wheels since I was in kindergarten. And I'm just like, ugh. And so, as you know it, if you've ever seen a street bike, like the gas tank is huge. And when you are a passenger on a street bike, you are on the second floor of that street bike. You're back at the tip top tail of the Which motorcycle. Feels like the second floor. I'm yes. on the rooftop. And I was like, where do I hold? Do you have like handlebars? And he's like, me. I'm like, I'm not holding on to you. I'm not touching you. And he's <laughs> like, well, you can put your hands on this gas tank. And I was like, Still means I have to like lean onto this guy. I'm not doing that. And so we drive across town to eat at Applebee's. And I have the biggest tricep pump I've ever had in my whole life because my fingertips are glued to the gas tank, but my arms are not touching him. And I'm making a perfect circle around my body. Yeah. Because she's like, I ain't touching this dude. And I'm leaning. So my core is shaking, my triceps are shaking. I'm sweaty, like I'm a sweaty mess before we even get there. This is in, this is July 5th and I'm like, oh my goodness, here we go. And so we have the state, it's already kind of somewhat a mess and I'm like, oh, okay, just get this over with and then I can go home. Well, so we eat dinner, midway through the dinner, Things are going great. Like, because I'm not even paying attention to our friends. I'm like talking to him and asking questions. And I instantly was like, Ooh, I'm going to marry this guy. I know it. So I go to the bathroom. I text my friend who was my scapegoat. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to marry this guy. She's like, Should I come get you? And I'm like, No, it's going bad, but great. So I'm going to marry him. I think we're doing good. I'll let you know. Long story short, the rest of the day, complete disaster. Somehow takes a complete left turn. Not great. He takes me home, not on the street bike. Complete flop. Bad. (laughs) We're driving down the hill. He's taking me to my parents' house, and I'm like leaning against the car door as we're driving because I'm like, I'm not hugging and I'm not kissing. And so I 
was like somewhat like we're driving down the hill and he goes, hey, I got a question. You could tell he just knew this was already a bus. Like she needs to not call me back. And so he's just like trying to make, make small talk here. He goes, do you even have a car? I was like, are you kidding me right now? Yes, I have a car. It's in my parents' garage. And so he pulls up and my parents circle drive. I literally get out of the car as he's driving and I run as fast as I can to my parents' house inside. He didn't she text just me. He lines out of my car before we're like even in park. Like, thanks, bye, see ya. Yeah, thanks for dinner. <laughs> and I run. And he he ghosts me for 24 hours. I'm like, that was that date started off decent, just was declining the whole time. The way she ran out of my car when I could tell she was offended when I was like, do you have a car? Yeah. <laughs> I was just curious, you know, because her friend picked her up. And I was like, okay, that she's she's never going to call, never going to text. That that was my chance, and I blew it. So 24 hours go by. She finally texts me back. And Again, I'm so triggered and offended. She's still mad that he didn't text me. I didn't text her back. And he, I go, so were you not planning on texting me? <laughs> and he's like, well, I didn't think that you'd give me a second chance after that date. And I was like... I think we need to go on a date by ourselves. Like exclude all the people, the noisy people, all the things that went south. It's like chaos. Let's try this again alone. And so we did. We went on a second date. I don't even remember our second date, I'll be honest. I just know it went quite a bit better. We went to eat somewhere else, completely different. I think we just drove around in your Lincoln. And I had a lot of questions about all the vehicles and truth to be told, he drove the Festi more than he drove every other car. And it was a little go-kart, but it was fun. And he, I think, was more proud of that than any of his other vehicles. It was a little, uh, yeah, a little five-speed manual. Had the e-brake, front-wheel drive, mm-hmm. and the sweet all-pink zebra stripe seats. Yeah, you can't get past those. And a lot of fun stuff of going in that car. So moving on, I knew I was going to marry him. He finally, we nailed the second day. It was great. Still didn't kiss him. I think he still like jumped out of your car whenever you dropped me off. I was like, nope, got to go. I think it was date three. Finally, we were both like, I think we're going to. I think this is for real. This is going to work out. I was still so resistant. And it was so much so. I think we were official for probably a month and a half before she would even let me meet my parents. Meet her parents. I'm like, I am meeting Steve and Vicky. Like I'd he heard all the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to set it up. I'm like, this is happening. She's like, no, you're not meeting my parents. I was just in a season of life where I was not ready for a fully committed relationship. And I feel like when you meet somebody's parents, like you're committed. And so finally he's like, I'm setting up the state. And I was like, I've never had a guy do that before. Granted, this he was like my second boyfriend I've ever had. And so I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm going to see where he goes with this. He's like this leader of a guy. And I love that. And so he set up a date with my parents. And he took him and me, obviously, to um, Colton's. And it was great. And my dad, I, we get home. And I asked my dad, like, what do you think? And he's like, that's the kind of guy I need you to marry. And I was like, good, because that's the kind of guy that I want to marry. And Johnny and my dad have been best friends since that day. Yeah, Truly best friends. And I love that because my dad is also my best friend. And so it just works out really, really well. 
So there's our love story. It's not perfect. It's nothing super romantic. It's totally real life. And that's how we keep our life. We're just real life human beings. And so that is, that's us. Um, so it's kind of goes back to don't give up. Like she gave yeah. me a second chance. Yeah. And, and I don't really give second chances in the sense of like, that's just my mindset of how me and my dad are. We're very, very similar. And it's hard. Like once you ruin that with us the first time, it's really hard to. But I was like, I'm going to give this guy another chance. So do not give up. Always give a second chance. And don't judge a book by a cover or your first date by what it's going to be like. Because if you, if I would have never texted him for a second date, we wouldn't be where we are today. And I don't know where I would be right now without him. And so again, it's just like, you're going to go through rough patches. You're going to, but you can always overcome. And that's totally been like our marriage. Yeah. That's totally been it. So another question that we have been asked is like, from a member, how do you get your kids to try new healthy choices? Um, that one is we really don't give them the choice. We always make them take a no thank you bite. So we, you never know if you're going to like something if you don't try it. And we have a lot of friends and family who their kids will hear their kids be like, no, I don't like broccoli. And I'm like, have you ever tried it? And they're like, no, but my mom doesn't like broccoli. So I don't like broccoli. So you can't like paint this picture to your kids because you don't like something. They're not going to like it. They actually may end up loving it. Like, here's this thing. Here's a perfect example. I do not like raw carrots. Johnny and my kids love raw carrots. And I will not voice my opinion about them because I don't want them to think that they are gross or form my opinion about them. And they love raw carrots. And so I will eat cooked carrots, but not raw. And so um, one day, actually recently, Addie was like, mommy, why don't you ever eat raw carrots? And I was like, because I don't like them, but I'm so happy that you guys like them. And so they're like, take a no thank you my bite. <laughs> and so of course, I just do it for them. I take a bite and I'm like, see, I tried it and I chewed it up and I ate it. I just don't love them. And so I'm going to choose a different vegetable to eat. So we always make them take a no thank you bite. We always just try to keep them open-minded, but we never make casserole dishes. Like what we eat is what they're going to eat. That's how they've always been raised. That's what they know. We don't starve our kids or make them follow X, Y, and Z. They get to be kids and eat the this stuff they, they want with their choosing after they eat the food that's going to fuel their body and bless their body. We don't make cookies more of a priority or less of a priority or know that's a bad food. We don't want to put that sort of a label on food. We treat food as equals all across the board for moderation. You can eat whatever you want in moderation. Listen to your hunger cues. Listen to your body. But we say you have to eat all of your meat first. Like that's a non-negotiable. You have to eat all your protein. Whether or not they eat all their veggies or their carbs, that's up to, you know, I mean, that's up in the air depending what it is, I would say. But I can tell like based on their portion sizes. I don't serve them as adults. They're children. So their portion sizes, I make it realistic and not intimidating for them when we serve their food. Like I can't give them three tablespoons of peas and expect all of them to be gone. That's way too much for them. You have to be realistic. Like their stomach is as big as their fist. And except for reeds. His stomach's <laughs> as big as his fist, plus two, and one of those stomachs is for cookies. He, Addie is a super clean eater. Reed has a sweet tooth. So Addie will totally listen to her body, listen to her hunger cues. Not a huge sweet person. 
So she doesn't grab for it. So that's kind of what we were used to. And then we've got Reed, who's like a cookie monster. And he wants the sweet stuff. And I have to tell him, like, first you got to eat your meat because that's going to make your muscles big. And it's the way you word things. I think it's going to carry them through life. You can't say, nope, you can't have a cookie. That's bad for you. Or you can't reward good behavior with treats of like, okay, you ate all of your food. Now you can have a cookie. It's like, no, eat the food that blesses your body. And then you can have one cookie. Because that's not going to serve you in any way. Sure, it makes you, you like that and you enjoy it. So we're allowed to have like treats that we like. But don't make one more important than the other. Because then you're creating this like, I can't have it, so I want it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we kind of just treat all food as equal. But we make sure as parents, we know that they know the priority of protein and how that's going to fuel their body and fuel their brain and then these carbs are going to give you energy so you can go to karate and go to do all this fun stuff and then the sweets don't really serve a purpose other than they kind of make us happy and that's kind of how we like to paint it out for our kids setting yeah. them up for life to have good relationships with food yeah and we'll have we'll have to take a recording of uh asking the kids if they like mcdonald's Oh, because we've kind of trained them like. And if you like McDonald's, no offense yeah, to you. Don't take any offense to this, but we you we know, don't. We've kind of put the you know info out there for them. Like we don't want to spend our money on food that doesn't make you feel good. Like you know, so we want to go to the store and we want to go eat healthy eat food like steak and chicken right. and all the things you love that make your body happy that in turn make you happy. Right, and so. Anytime our kids see McDonald's, they just go, boo, McDonald's. And so I'm like, funny. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny. And again, do not take offense to that if you and your kids love McDonald's. Totally your choice. Yeah. Your kids are you. So right. what Whatever. they see you do, they are going to do and follow. So exactly. They've just heard me. I've I've eaten probably more McDonald's than anybody has in my Trucker trucking John, days. For sure. Trucker John was a very great customer to McDonald's We've for paid our dues. those years. And now I cannot even look at one. Right. Because now I love to cook and I love to put that healthy food into my body. Because you feel good. And it reciprocates, you know. Absolutely. So I have now trained them to, you know, see my point of view. So we are not saying that we never go have like a a quote-unquote bad meal. We, Culver's, I would say Culver's is like the bad meal if we're going to choose to go out to eat mm -hmm. because who doesn't love a Culver's burger? But it tastes like a real burger. Like yeah. I'm actually getting meat. And so yeah. they will make those choices. But I always try to be like, Addie will say like, oh, my stomach hurts after we eat there. And I'm like, it's because it's a greasier food. You're not used to eating that food. Just be aware. Like when we eat fast food, like this, it doesn't bless our body in the way like when we eat daddy's special chicken or steak or stuff like that. Daddy's special chicken is grilled chicken on the trigger. And so our number one tip really is to always have prepped meat. You can fix sides as fast as you can. Our kids are starting to become involved in more activities after school. So it's taking up our evenings. And even before this, like always have prepped chicken. I've told this for five years of JGFG. Always have prepped meat. Sides are so easy to put together. And if you can't put together a side, great. Warm up three chicken slices, and which we get the tenderloins because our kid will eat one little grilled chicken tenderloin per kid. It's just easy to dish out. And so like eat more chicken. And then you don't even have to worry about the carbs until maybe when you get home where you can pack something that just a grab and go. 
And so focus on getting the high protein and that's what we're teaching our kids. So really like, like Johnny said, like your kids are you. Like these habits are not like, they're not coming out of the womb knowing this. Like you're teaching them. So whether you're teaching them good habits or bad habits, that's totally up to you. And the ball is in your court. You got to decide what you're going to do with it. This episode is sponsored by Top Notch Athletics. We customize tailored clothing for those that are here to get things done. We design clothes for those that never settle. The peak performers, the ones that never sell themselves short of the best. The high risers, those that never quit. The strongest in the room. Step into these clothes and your mindset shifts. You become Top Notch. Check out tnclothing.com to become your Top Notch self. Moving to another topic is how do you prioritize family time over work and working out? And truly, that's a really lengthy topic that we could talk about. But ultimately, my tip would be to carry the weight of what your partner needs to help them make their life easier. And don't keep tabs of what, like I just did the laundry yesterday, it's your turn, or I put the dishes away. Do the jobs that need to be done to make everybody's life easier. Yeah, everybody knows how good you feel after you work out. So if your partner's asking for that time to work out, it's just super easy to take over whatever task, whether it's watching the kids or, you know, making dinner that night or, you know, catching up on some laundry. You should, you know, go out of your way to help your partner win in those situations. And I have a lot of members who say that their spouse is kind of like, well, just sit in the recliner when they get home and it's really frustrating to them. Do you have any tips from like a male perspective? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's everybody's life is different. But, you know, when we talked, when we first met, I said, I want to be, you know, I want to be a dad. Like I was right. excited to be a dad. So for me, it's easy. Like, hey, let's go. Let's go out and kick a soccer ball or, hey, let's go out and you know, you can help me clean up the garage and read. I give him a shop vac and that dude will be trying to suck up everything and yeah, just give letting him, a job him be. Yeah, job that makes him feel like an adult. Yeah, yeah. And so that, I just love seeing him thrive. And Addie's the same way. You give you're her, teaching them good skills. You give Addie something that makes her think she's big and read the same way. Like they they thrive on that stuff. So right. just just be involved with them. Let and them help you. Let them pour the flour into the bowl. Even if it's going to make a mess on the counter, it's going to yep. be okay. Let them give them tools. But like as a partner, like you should be involved. Like I can't even imagine living a life where you just sit on the couch after we get home and you're not involved. Yeah. I would be equally as frustrated as these members are. They're like, my husband won't allow me any me time. What should I do? So that's a tip of like, what would you suggest them doing? To me, that immediately my mind goes to saying, having the hard conversation and saying, hey, working out's really important for me and it's going to make me better. Can you please help with the kids so I can do this? And then when you're done, when I'm done, you can do what you need to do to that whatever it is that you want to do and just be helpful with each other yeah just make that trade-off you know no matter what it looks like but going back to you know helping out with the kids just be involved in you'll never get that time back yeah you'll never get it back and we maybe are a little too involved with our kids in the sense of they don't know how to go play by themselves which sometimes <laughs> we're like please just go play by yourselves or with each other but they're glued to our hips and i love it 
And at the same time, there's moments where I'm like, please, like, I need you guys. I have to get this done. And so sometimes, but I would rather the lives that we have where we're super, super involved than the other truly. Yeah. Because before we know it, they're going to be teenagers and they're not going to want to hang out with us. So that's what I just remind myself with is like, this is a blessing because it's only a season. So in hard times, like, remember, this is only a season. It's going to change right before your eyes. And then you're going to have all the time in the world to work out. And they may look messy right now. And your workouts may not look perfect because your kids are in the room with you or whatever that looks like. You may interrupt it. It's okay. You got to let it go. Don't sweat the small stuff. And focus on like, this is not always going to be like this. In five, six years from now, it's going to look completely different because they're not going to want to bother me. And then you're going to miss that time. Just marital tips. People are asking like, what are some marital tips that work for you and Johnny? Like you guys make it look so easy. And so we'll just wrap the rest of our time up with talking about those sort of things. And really to me, my advice would be a few different things. So be supportive of the other person, 100%. Like you can't halfway be supportive of that person. Like you may not always agree with like their hobby or like you may not find interest in their hobbies, but try to like listen to it at least. Because once you like take interest in what they're talking about and their hobbies, like they will start talking to you more and opening up more and if become like, go golfing with them. Like that's what I've learned. Like I play golf in high school and Johnny and my dad have picked it up here recently and they go golfing once a week because my dad's retired now and like I'll go occasionally with them and I'm putting myself in their world and their interests and now we have a lot more to talk about. So find a common thing that you can do with them to help just make that bond stronger. I'll let Johnny rapid fire after me. Mine is also like give 100% of yourself every day. Like choose them. My dad, I grew up learning like choose your partner every day. Marriage is a choice. It's not you just marry them and it happens. It takes a lot of work. You have to work at it every single day, 100% of the time. It's never gonna come easy. And the minute you stop working towards your marriage, it's gonna stop working. Yeah, it just goes back to you get out what you put in. So once yeah. you give that 100%, your spouse will see that and bounce back 100%, 110% back your way. So um, another tip I like to talk about is, you know, finding what you're good at. Yeah. I I hate paying bills, you know, yeah. and Jen is real good and she gets right in there and does it. So if that means I'm cooking that evening and getting the cooking done while she's doing that, I am more than, you know, happy to yeah. do that because I don't want to look at a single bill. I'll hear the numbers and everything. We yeah. talk about that, but I'm just like the sitting down and writing the checks and yeah. getting the mail out. And so she still does everything because she's good at it because back when we had our trucking company, she was doing all the paperwork and the finances. So we've we've found what works best for us. Yeah, and I don't love cooking, so Johnny takes that load. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm I'm going to take that all day because it's what I enjoy. So sit down and find the things that you're really good at, the tasks that need to be done. Find out who's good at it and who's who's better at it. And you don't have to do them every time. You can still swap back and forth, you know. Right. However, the you know your week's playing out, but that's what's just really taking, I guess, a load off yeah. of our shoulders is you being on the it. same page. But also, like, don't keep tabs. Like, okay, yesterday Johnny did the towels and now it's my turn to do, like, this load of laundry. No, just do what needs to be done. Even though you may have done the dishes every day this week, 
do them. Get it done. Your environment and how you live to a certain extent kind of will reflect where your mind's at and like how your kids are thriving. And so we thrive in a neat and tidy. And I noticed if we let our house kind of like get sort of out of whack because it's been a really busy, crazy week or if our kids are just crazier that week and they have a lot of toys or they're bringing a lot of stuff to the main floor, the minute Johnny's like cooking and I can tell like I'm stressed out, I don't know what's wrong or why I'm even stressed, I just start tidying up the house and everyone like <sighs> exhales a calm breath. And maybe that's just me actually doing that. But <laughs> I just feel like my kids function better in less chaos whenever our house is neat and tidy. So every single day we do laundry, whether it be one or two loads, so then it doesn't pile up. And just constantly, like I'll vacuum up the crumbs underneath of the bar and like constantly tidying up. You're in an ever state of tidying up. And guess what? Again, right now it may feel like an enormous task to constantly do that, but there's going to be one day where your house won't need tidying up and it's going to be a really sad day. Yep, you're exactly right. Because you're going to miss that. And I always say that like if we find something that we're like, um, oh my gosh, like this feels like we're never going to see the light at the end of the tunnel because of this task or the season of life that we're in. One day it's not going to be this way. And so it kind of makes you stop and make like find some things that you're grateful for in that moment, in that season to hold on to. So whenever you're out of the season, you remember it and it wasn't just a blur. Because right now, like even in like our kids are really young still and it's just constantly go, 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 go. And I like blink and the night is over. And I'm like, okay. And then we're like in this phase of like we, you know, the kids are in school so we're waking up. We have a morning routine. We have an evening routine and we have to get all of our work done. And it's just this, some days it feel like very repetitive and it's hard to push past that. But there's going to be a day and it's there's no warning before you get a new season. It just happens. And then you're like, oh my gosh, my kid's driving now and they don't. I don't have to take them to basketball practice. And I miss that car ride and that conversation that we had. So like through your season of life and whatever you're in right now, stop and take a minute and think about five things that you're grateful for. I try to do that all the time and it makes me appreciate it much easier and feel less burnt out of that state. Yeah, I agree. So another tip would be to laugh often. We always try to find like the humor in any situation. Um, keep lighthearted. Like you can't be 100% serious all the time. Like we joke all of the time with each other. We joke before we even start the workout. We're yeah, sitting there dancing, dance messing light. around. You just have to keep it light. It's like don't be so serious all the time. Respect is another thing. To love someone is to respect them. And respect is like, the core of your house. Teach your kids like a mutual respect. You respect me, I'm gonna respect you. That's how I grew up in my house. It was like, my dad was like, you show me respect, I will show you respect. And the more you respect me, the more open and honest you are with me, the more respect you get, then in return means that you get to more privileges to do things. And so if I was more, if I kept open and honest of like, hey, I'm gonna go to Sam's house and Sammy, and we're going to go to then Casey's house. We're going to do this, this, and this. Okay, now he knows the whole scenario, and I'm more likely to be able to do it. 
versus if we just lied about a situation. So I'm trying to teach it to my kids. Like, even though you think you might be in trouble for something, tell me the truth and you're going to be in less trouble than if you lie about something. And so just, it's a respect. And it all boils down to like, respect your partner because you love them. And I think love is built on respect. Yeah, absolutely. Respect their, you know, their routine and their schedules and, you know, helping them out. Yeah, like helping each other is respecting each other too. Yeah. And not keeping tabs of fights. I know I'm, I can be the queen of this, of arguments. And Johnny has, I've come a long ways because I've like, on November 6th at 9.30 a.m., you said this to me. And he's like, I don't remember what we just talked about yesterday, Jen. And so that, I've let go of a lot of stuff like that. So I'm like, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't matter in five years, it doesn't matter in five minutes. Yeah, I may be way too chill on that, but I've, yeah. I've discovered that. Jenny and Addie have this filing cabinet and yeah. can pull up the day, the year, the time, the weather. What were we wearing? What they were wearing, the whole scene. And I'm just like. He barely remembers nope, the moment. Nope. <laughs> I remember the moment. but yeah. So another thing that worked has really changed for us is like sharing our Google calendar. It's yeah, been, that's been huge. Because I'll say like, hey, Johnny, tomorrow we're going to do this. And maybe he truly wasn't listening because he was scrolling on his phone and he was in his nothing box at the time. And he may have heard me and said, yeah, okay. And then it comes that time to do that. And he's like, hey, Jen, why didn't you tell me you're doing this tonight? It avoids that conversation. And I know everyone listening knows exactly what that conversation looks like. And you're like, are you serious right now? You never listen to me. And everyone has it. It is a marital thing. Well, it helps you plan. Like she'll have stuff on the calendar and I'll ask her questions that might, you know, spark something that she forgot that right. she needed. And, you know, it just helps you plan and create your day you know, you can be more productive that In your weekends. Like I had a girl's weekend with my sister and my aunt last weekend and I put it on the calendar like first watch, 1130 a.m. And like, and then we're doing this and then this. And so he knew like probably don't expect me till about 3 p.m. to get home. And so he knew like Jen's going to be gone from 1030 to 3. And so he knew he had the kids that day and what that looks like. Even for work though, like we're very detailed on our shared Google Calendar, and it's been a total game changer for us as a couple for planning. Um, and if he's like wants to do something, he knows like if he wants to go golfing, okay, we're busy Saturday, but he can schedule it on Sunday and make it work. So that's been a really big deal for us. I personally feel like sharing your Google Calendar. I always like if I go to a bridal shower, I write that on like share your Google Calendar for my advice. Yeah, yeah. Also, like a few points is like. Marriage is like a ship. That's what I always tell Johnny, like who's carrying our ship at the moment? It's ever changing. And what I mean is like you think it's a ship. You've got all your kids in your boat with you. You got all of your life and your history in this time. So it's a ship. It's got a lot of stuff. And sometimes Johnny's the captain and sometimes I have to be the captain. And it it's ever changing based on that season of that person's life and this marriage and what is going on. Like there's moments where like maybe I'm feeling a little bit more motivated. So I'm carrying the ship of like our daily task and getting things done. And then there's moments where Johnny's more motivated and feeling really, you know, disciplined and has got this going on and he's leading and carrying the ship. But always note that it's ever changing. So it's not only like, I nope, I'm the leader. No, you like a woman can appreciate a husband who's a leader. And I always want Johnny to be that role in our family of the leader But sometimes you have to steer the ship. 
and you take over just temporarily to steer the ship. And so I, I kind of always say like, I feel like I'm carrying the ship right now and that's fine. What do you need from me for this season? And same vice versa. So just keep the expectation of like the ship steering is ever changing based on where you're at in life. And so that means like you're just picking up extra duties. Like maybe I'm, I've got a lot going on in JGFG world right now. So that means he's got a lot more going on at home. Or during the launch of Top Notch, he had a lot going on in the Top Notch world. And that meant I carried the load more for our house. You, It's constantly changing. And don't keep tabs. Just do what you got to do. I can capitalize on that. So kind of to wrap it up, I want to talk about a quote that I really like about marriage. Quote of the week to kind of end this note would be... I'll let, I'll let Johnny read it. I talked a lot. All right. Quote of the week. Marriage is not a noun. It's a verb. It's not something you get. It's something you do. It's the way you love your partner every day. What do you think about that? I think it's true. I think it's very powerful. It just goes back to, like we say, with the marriage and with our kids, you know, you in your workouts, you get exactly what you put in. Yeah. So if you put very little, you know, think of car you put a little fuel in the car you're not going to get very far yeah you you know you pour as much as you can every single day you're going to go as far as you you want true so i love that it's true so to reflect off of that the challenge that i want to give you regarding the quote is write it on a piece of paper and put it in a spot that you and your husband are both going to see on the daily or you and your significant other are going to see daily and so it's not even marriage. It can be relationship is a, not a noun. It's a verb. It's not something you get. It's something you do. It's the way you love your partner every day. Write it down and put it somewhere. And if you don't have a partner, and that's okay. This Maybe this podcast was like totally unrelatable to you because you're single and you're living your life in a single. And that's okay. Maybe it's your life. Maybe it's a season. But this was more surrounding partnership and what that looks like for us. And again, we're not experts, just what works for us and how we passionately feel these things. And we will talk to our friends. And if we have a friend come to us, like, how do you make it work? Like, this is literally what we're telling them. Yeah. So it's like, we're telling you as your best friend, like what works for us. We just had dinner and that's what we told you. <laughs> that's what I want you to think of it as. So again, go write it on a piece of paper, put it somewhere where you both can read it daily and notice, pay attention if you see any positive changes from you reading that and your significant other reading that every day and see if you notice like them putting in more work or you. And if you don't, stop and have a hard conversation or send them this podcast and be like, hint, hint. And maybe they'll get something from it, listening to it from a different perspective from another couple. Maybe that's what they got to do. Sometimes you don't hear what your partner's saying when they say it. Maybe you need to hear it from somebody else to hear what they're actually needing from you. So thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. As always, you are strong. You are powerful. You are worthy. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. And thanks for all the questions today. We'll see you later. Bye.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mind to Muscle. If you'd like to tune into future episodes, don't forget to follow me on your preferred listening platform. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure and leave a review. I really appreciate those. Don't forget you are strong, you are powerful, you are worthy, and you can do hard things. I love you guys. Bye. Bye.